Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soccer 101, the show in which we attempt to scratch the soccer itches you never knew you had. That's Ryan Bailey's introduction that I have now stolen. I would be Taylor Rockwell. Joining me today to talk about a thing that nobody ever wants to have happen to their club, but is always a threat. It's relegation, and it's Graham Ruffin. Hi, Graham. <laughs> Hello, Taylor Rockwell, and I am a specialist in, in the subject because my team frequently gets relegated to such an extent, actually, that our nickname in Scottish football was the Yo-Yos because we would get promoted and then immediately relegated the very next season. I'm hoping that doesn't happen to Sterling Albion next season. I didn't know that. I think because we spent so much time talking about Sterling Albion from a positive uh, standpoint, <laughs> such as Graham can be positive, uh, but this season with them getting promoted, uh, that it hasn't occurred to me that, yeah, they've been relegated, huh? How has that gone for you? How recently did that happen? So we have been relegated. My my fandom started really um, supporting Sterling Albion when they were in the championship, which is the second tier of Scottish football. We got relegated to the third tier and then immediately relegated to the fourth tier. We did get promoted once and then immediately relegated after that. So over the course of my relatively short time supporting Sterling Albion, what is it, like 15, 16 years, we've been relegated, relegated I believe, four different times, which is quite I, the hit rate. <laughs> I feel like this is a really good, like, dipping our toe into the pool of relegation topic. Graham, in those relegations, in those multiple relegations, were there any where you were like genuinely very angry by the way things played out by the team maybe not being as good as they could have been or or just results not going your way and then were there times that you were just sort of like yeah no that felt yeah. like a thing that might happen so I'll take the the latter part of that question first when whenever Sterling Albion get into the second tier of Scottish football we struggle just because our natural level that is above our natural level and so any time that we've been relegated from the championship it has happened twice I think in my time as a Sterling Albion fan just kind of feels like, yeah, this was always going to happen. When we when we suffered those back-to-back relegations, when we went championship, League One, then League Two in successive seasons, that last relegation was pretty toxic. And I remember being quite angry. I was probably, I, I would have been still quite young at that time, maybe about 20, 21 years old. But I remember a lot of the fans around me who had more experience and maybe had greater context of supporting Sterling Albion. I remember them being absolutely furious at that time. And there was a real fear, for anyone who doesn't know this, the Scottish football pyramid, which I imagine is a large number of people, there is a trap door at the bottom of the SPFL into the, into the non-leagues. And so when you suffer back-to-back relegations, you end up in the bottom tier of the SPFL, there is a real fear that you're just going to go straight through the trapdoor and then never come back to the SPFL, which happens quite often when teams disappear through that trapdoor. So relegation is often the, the reality of relegation, and we'll probably sp- speak about this a little bit uh, more, the reality maybe isn't quite as bad as the fear of relegation, but the fear is real. The fear is is real. And when you get to that point where you realize you're in a relegation scrap, that is what your season means. That is a serious situation to be in as a football fan. So, Graham, for people who are new to the game or new to this concept, we talked about promotion last week. Why is there such fear and such concern about relegation? What is relegation? Yeah, so let's let's start off by clarifying what relegation is. So anyone who listened to last week's uh, one-on-one episode will have already heard the definition of uh, relegation because it's the flip side of promotion, and last week's episode was on what happens to teams when they're promoted. But for the sake of clarity, relegation is when the worst team or one of the worst teams in a division drops down into the division below in the pyramid. So 
if Southampton, I used this example last week as well, but it's a good one. If Southampton finish bottom of the Premier League this season, as is their current position in the table, they will be in the Championship next season. Of course, the flip side of relegation is promotion, where the best team or one of the best teams from the division below takes the place of a relegated team from the division above. We covered all this in last week's 101 episode about what happens to a team when they are promoted. And in this episode, we're going to explore what happens on the relegation side of that. What happens to a club and a team and a support when their team drops down a division? I suspect this is a topic that we can talk about now and then maybe revisit at the end. But I think for me, relegation is an interesting topic, not just because of the the drama around it and the fear that goes into it, Graham, but also because I think it's seen as just such a, a failure, such a shortcoming, because I think it's so often talked about in the context of which clubs are getting relegated out of the Premier League, out of Serie A, out of the Bundesliga, what have you. I think my assumption is that the lower down you go, the less of a big deal it is. And I think I'd like to know if you would agree with that or if you think I might be incorrect in that assumption. Because it feels like to go from the Premier League to the Championship, there's the financial aspect, there's the pride, there's the uh, publicity. But it feels like to go from League One to League Two is maybe not quite as sizable of a gap. I think that's fair if we're talking about the EFL. Obviously, it's difficult to make a a broad sweeping generalization about all leagues. I think largely the financial aspect is probably the the biggest driving factor there. The Premier League, of course, being the most lucrative league in the world. And if you drop down to the championship, while there are those those parachute payments, and I'm, I'm going to detail those a little bit later on, the parachute payments are actually quite generous, I think. But nonetheless, dropping out of the Premier League is a gigantic hit to a club's finances Mm -hmm. so i think what you're talking about is is largely related to money um but yeah i think the further down the ladder you go the gaps between divisions tend to get smaller so what are those financial hits then what are those major uh, issues when it comes to let's talk about the premier league for a second then even though even though you have the parachute payments what are we talking about when we talk about a club getting relegated from the premier league to the championship financially So in the Premier League, the team that finishes bottom of the table is likely to receive around £90 million. So that the worst team in the league is pretty much, and this changes season on season depending on how many games are shown on TV, but looking at the average of the last five years with this specific TV deal and all the revenue streams, you're you're pretty much guaranteed £90 million if you finish bottom of the Premier League, which is still a huge amount of money. And that is more than some champions in other big leagues receive and last week we spoke about what the the champions of the championship receive and and that is around 42.7 million pounds once you factor in all the uh, the basic awards and the solidarity payments and the share of the EFL broadcast deal it's around 42 million pounds you compare that to the 90 million pounds that you get if you look in the pyramid for just finishing one place above the team that finishes top of the championship. So that in itself illustrates the gigantic gulf between the divisions. Um, I mentioned the parachute payment. So for anyone who doesn't know, parachute payments are there to protect teams that suffer relegation from the Premier League. And so they will receive a, a, a certain amount of money for a certain number of seasons after they suffer releg- relegation down into the EFL. So the, 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 
the, the parachute money is provided as part of solidarity payments and they are worth a total of £100 million to each team and they're distributed, excuse me, that's throughout the, mm-hmm. the whole EFL pyramid every season, £100 million. They are distributed among the teams that suffer relegation. Those payments last three seasons and they taper off season on season. But if you return to the Premier League within that three season time frame, then the uh, the payments end and 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 while I think the parachute payments are well meaning, they're they're designed essentially to stop clubs just free falling and heading it and suffering kind of financial hardship on the back of relegation, which we have seen with big clubs like Leeds United and Nottingham Forest back in the day and Blackpool. Relegation can can be an absolute hammer blow to the finances finances of these clubs. So I think parachute payments are well-meaning and, and designed to stop that from happening. But they have created this closed shop of clubs who just bounce between divisions. So they're not good enough for the Premier League, but they're richer than anyone else in the Championship. And I think we've seen that recently with clubs like North City is maybe the best example. Fulham have been in that cycle as well. I put Burnley in there as well. B- Burnley as well, yep, good suggestion. So there's kind of a divide starting to emerge in the championship because of the parachute payments. So there is a, a, a bit of an issue there, but that is some of the financial issues that you might face after suffering the drop. So you have clubs that seem to be like not okay with getting relegated, but more... If they get relegated, it isn't that hammer blow. It isn't that death blow. Relegated, they might come back up. Maybe they change a manager in Burnley's case. And now they've got Vincent Company playing pretty soccer, and up they come. And, and to me, that speaks to a, a interesting point of relegation, is that sometimes it is a club who get promoted and don't have the financial means to compete. If Sterling Albion get promoted all the way to the, to the Scottish Premier League, I don't think expectations would be too high because their payroll their ability to financially compete is going to be so much lower than other clubs that they're almost starting that season with a, if we don't finish with zero points, I'm sort <laughs> of pretty happy about the way things have gone. And I think there are clubs that, that accept that identity. And then there are clubs that are sort of already in free fall before the relegation occurs. And a good example of this, to my mind, would be something like we have Bournemouth and Southampton near the bottom of the table. That's something I think we all kind of predicted or felt was possible to happen at the beginning of the season. Less so clubs like Leicester and Everton, who are in that relegation zone. And so I think you can have clubs who are sort of set up to remain balanced and competitive, whether or not they're they're relegated or promoted. Yeah. And then you have clubs who are in a negative situation, and that is factoring into how they've gotten to this point. Yeah, I think if you're a club that has factored in the possibility of relegation, you're probably in a in a better place. So you're not spending beyond your means. You are you do have some form of contingency plan for if you go back to the championship. If we sign this player, maybe we should put in a release clause that we can sell them on quite easily if we get relegated. For a club like Everton, and I think they're the best example right now of a club that if they go down I don't. I hope this doesn't happen because I actually like Everton and I've got a close friend who's an Everton fan. But they really could kind of suffer a Leeds United fall from grace here, both financially and just in terms of tumbling down the divisions, because at no point in their planning has has relegation been factored in. Mm-hmm. In fact, they've been going for European qualification, so they're already flying pretty close to the wind with financial fair play. If they drop down to the Championship and they're no longer getting the Premier League revenue. That is going to be a massive issue for them. They're also building a new stadium, which I believe is costing around £700 million. 
And so paying for that while they are a championship club is going to be very difficult as well. So we see this with count, countless clubs, not just in England as well. We've seen it with Malaga in Spain. We've seen it with, to a certain degree, Hamburg in Germany, who still haven't bounced back. They're still in the second tier. Deportivo La Coruña, still in the, the lower leagues of, of Spanish football as well. Relegation can be a black hole for clubs that have at no point considered it might actually happen to them. I wonder if there's such a thing as a relegation specialist, and I don't mean that as a tongue-in-cheek criticism of a player who always gets relegated or a manager who always gets relegated. I do think we have some examples of those, but I mean more so a person who can come in and sort of advise clubs on how to navigate those tricky waters if they are not prepared for it. Because to your point, yeah, Everton financing a new stadium, never expecting to be in this relegation battle— I'm going to assume that they don't have things like uh, mandatory reductions in wages uh, for players if they move down a division or even relegation release clauses. So then you've got basically a sizable Premier League team trying to finance a stadium which would already be putting things uh, under strain and then having a bloated squad making a lot of money in the championship. It does seem like it could be a, a disaster that maybe a relegation specialist could come in and consult on. Graham, I think we found your calling. (laughs) <laughs> I should be a relegation specialist, yeah, yep. and, and and guide teams on how to survive that. <laughs> the Graham um, Reffin relegation documentary would begin with you being like, so, you've done things poorly, <laughs> and then away <laughs> we go. So the weird thing about this is, I'm not sure if administration is, is, a, is a thing in American finances. So administration is like this, the stage before bankruptcy, Expl- right? Explain, explain it a little bit more, because I think when Americans hear administration, they think either like the political party that is in power or they think of like administrative duties i'm doing some admin i don't think they think about it from the perspective you're talking about so administration is a phase that happens before liquidation we would call it in the uk but that's the same thing as bankruptcy and it's essentially i believe it's a i believe it's a legal status where administrators are in football terms would be appointed to a club and they are independent people who come into a club and their entire job is to squeeze as much value out of that club as possible to give them a chance of survival. So I remember when administrators came into Rangers and so they're selling players on the cheap, they're looking into players' contracts, can we maybe um, get them to reduce their wages here, can we maybe sell assets, maybe sell the training ground, maybe sell the stadium. And so in a weird way, (laughs) if you suffer the administration before relegation, maybe you're in a better position when you then go down. But obviously then you've got the risk of the administration doesn't work and you just go into liquidation and you go bankrupt. So Is administration voluntary? I think my assumption was that it was always a thing you had to do because things were so financially mismanaged. So I, my, my belief is that it's something that a bank would impose gotcha. on you. And I, I think they have some sort of legal uh, authority to do that. So it, I, I don't think it would be a voluntary thing for a, cl- for a club to do. But well, administrate- I only ask because I want to make sure that your relegation consultancy uh, firm is still in operation, that you're not being <laughs> sort of priced out by administrators because they get all the cheeky uh, mandatory gigs. Yeah, we we can we can separate ourselves from the administrators. There, we can. I'm sure there's there's room enough. Uh, there's enough room for both of us in that industry. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, plenty of teams getting relegated across Europe. Um, what what are some other uh, like major stumbling blocks? Do you think when clubs get uh, relegated, or what are some things maybe that they don't see coming? I I think I uh, 
as a to buy you some time. I think I always assume that maybe supporters would be less interested uh, if you're moving from, say, the Premier League to the Championship. You don't have that so the sort of big names coming uh, every single weekend to play. But I think maybe the the inverse of what we talked about last week, where if you're promoted to a higher division where it is more competitive, maybe you're not going to be as accustomed to scoring goals and winning games and playing the style of soccer you want. Is it fair to say, Graham, that the opposite is true? That if you get relegated, maybe you can be the dominant team and score some goals and have some fun again? Yeah, so obviously relegation is painful for fans and, and there is an embarrassment factor to being sent down a division, um, especially if 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 they have rivals in the division you're leaving. So I've been in that situation as a Sterling Albion fan where you're not just behind leaving behind the league, you're leaving behind derbies mm-hmm. and rivalries and not having those matches is is is, is painful. But you, you still can have a lot of fun in a lower division. And, and Burnley are maybe a good example, second mention of them in this show, but they're maybe a good example of this again. They have been a dominant force in the championship this season. They have, they have won more games this season than they have in the past two seasons combined. And they've won all those matches playing a really exciting, attacking style of play. So I think their fans would certainly say that they have had a a lot of fun supporting their team in the championship this season. And maybe that is more fun than fighting relegation in the Premier League, as will likely be the case, as good as Vincent Kompany is, as, as, as much as I think Burnley have improved in their season in the Championship, that will likely be their fate next season. They will be fighting relegation. I do think Burnley are one of those clubs that did have a contingency plan for relegation where they had 13 players out of contract last season. And so there was the opportunity for Kompany to come in and rebuild that team from scratch. And I think the first thing relegated clubs will, will think about is their, their playing payroll so that's how much money they've committed to the to the to the playing squad if you're not going to be receiving as much money in broadcast revenue and gate receipts and prize money and all that stuff that i've already mentioned it makes sense that you won't be able to pay the same for players and transfers so the easiest way to cut costs is either to have those is to have those contingencies in place whether that is just one-year deals for players which i think burnley were doing a lot of or at least two-year deals and sometimes players will have release clauses written into their contracts that either mean they can go for a cut price fee Um, I think Dwight McNeil maybe had one of those and that's how he ends up at at, at Everton Uh, contracts might also include a clause that lowers lowers a player's wage when they're relegated I think Ashley Barnes I was reading had something similar to that so Burnley are a good example they put in the contingency uh, plans they've had a lot of fun this season and they took that opportunity after relegation to rebuild their their squad and the idea being that by putting in place stronger foundations the team might be in better shape to stay up in a higher division when they win promotion again as they have done this season Um, whether it works out that way isn't so certain because obviously between the championship and the Premier League in Burnley's case there's there's a big gulf but that is the opportunity that uh, relegation can provide. So we've talked about, I feel like we spent a lot of time on the opportunities and maybe the slight positives of relegation. Uh, let's focus a bit more on the negatives. So obviously, if you are, say, moving from the Premier League to the Championship, you are no longer going to be in front of a global audience as regularly, certainly. Uh, you're not going to have that TV revenue as a result. You're not going to have some of those kind of big match day experiences where maybe a few more people come to the stadium to see Erling Haaland or to see Liverpool or whomever it may be. But there is also the non-playing factor of things, that if you are a club who've expanded your operations, maybe you've expanded your academy and you have more people doing ticket sales and looking for sponsorships because now you're a Premier League club and and you need that money, you need those sponsorships, you need that visibility, 
when you move to the championship, I'm going to guess some of that is going to dry up. Yeah, and this might be the most damaging aspect of relegation, and it's related to the, the club as a whole and its role as a job creator and its its role in the community, I guess, as, as, as a whole. Um, when a club is relegated, it is common for job cuts to happen in administrative departments and commercial departments and basically all the non-soccer departments. So, for example, when Kilmarnock... I, I imagine in the Championship, a lot of the parachute payments stop... Uh, large-scale redundancies from happening. In Scotland, it's a bit more brutal. We don't really have those parachute payments if you drop out of the Scottish Premiership. So, for example, when Kilmarnock were relegated from the Scottish Premiership uh, two seasons ago, they cut a third of all non-soccer jobs at the club. So there was, I think there was 100 people worked at that club. 30 of them were made redundant through no fault of their own. That was due to the fortunes of the of the team or the, or the bad fortunes of the team on the pitch and and obviously from the club's point of view their argument would be well we just don't we're just not going to have the same revenue we're not going to have Celtic and Rangers coming here twice a season and selling out the stadium we're not going to have the TV revenue the broadcast revenue so there are real world pressures that come from relegation it's not just about the players on the pitch and as I say that for me, certainly in Scotland, a lot of the discussion uh, revolves around that. Certainly if you have a big club like Hearts and Hibs have gone down divisions, um, Kilmarnock have gone down divisions, the, the discussion around that always focuses on how a contraction of the club is going to happen, how ordinary people are going to lose their jobs. And yeah, I can't imagine that is, that's much fun to have to deliver that news after suffering uh, relegation. Speaking of not fun... Is a relegation battle ever fun, Graham? As you said, you've been in a couple. Is it possible to find that enjoyable, or is it just sort of significant periods of stress punctuated by moments of either extreme <laughs> unhappiness or extreme happiness if maybe you find yourself out of the pack for a couple games? I think if you if you win and you're not relegated, it can be fun. Just when you were asking that question there, I was trying to think if I've, if Sterling Albert have ever, at least in my time as a fan, have ever been in the thick of a relegation battle and not been relegated. So we've been, we've been, we've had seasons where we're concerned. We like, well, we better not drop down the table any further. A bit of a sort of Crystal Palace season. But I can't think of a like a Leeds United or a Bournemouth or a, or a Southampton so no season where we have, you. where we have escaped the threat of relegation. So, I have never had fun in a relegation fight. Um, next season, I'm hopeful that maybe we'll stay up. So uh, I might be able to answer that question a little bit better next well, season. I want to continue that, though, because I, I think for a person who uh, has never experienced relegation personally, Manchester United have never been relegated since I was a supporter of them since I was alive, maybe. Um, and then obviously we don't have that over here. How much does relegation or the threat of relegation impact the entire season for you as a supporter so if after four games sterling are bottom of the table is is the entire season just that sort of fear of relegation that hurry up and wait for what we feel like is going to happen because i just i i feel like it would be a pretty negative thing for the entirety of the fan base versus if you're mid table or above you still have things to enjoy results to enjoy is it mostly kind of bleak when you're in that position or are there moments of happiness along the way there have been times when it's when it's just apathy, to be honest. So those seasons that I mentioned in the championship where uh, I think the last time we were in the championship, we got thumped by Partick Thistle pretty early in the season. And that made clear we're going to be either bottom or second bottom this season. And so apathy sets in where so early in the campaign, 
it's almost like a hopelessness. Mm-hmm. I've also been in situations where you start off relatively well, and as you turn the corner at cr- around about Christmas time, it becomes apparent. Oh, we're this is this is a relegation fight. That is that is almost th- there's more fear I think attached to that because maybe you aren't prepared for it or you're not willing to accept what's happening to your team on the pitch until all of a sudden it feels very real. At, at the start of the season, there's almost more time for acceptance, and you can almost start to think ahead to next season. I remember doing that in the championship thinking, well, you know, we'll learn. There's some young players here. We'll learn from this. We'll be better next season. But when you don't really know what this context of the season is until you're in that final phase of the season and it's a relegation battle, yeah, the fear is is pretty real at that time. Can you think of any examples where a club has accepted it early on? Because I think for the fan base, you can think like, okay, as you just said, like, oh, we got some youngsters coming through. I'm going to pay attention to them. I'm going to look for potential leaders for next season. Can you think of times that a club has just accepted a manager isn't turning this around? We're getting relegated no matter what. So we're going to start sort of streamlining, get rid of some assets, uh, maybe trying to get some players and new contracts that allow us to pay the most smaller wage. Or is it mostly just clubs fighting tooth and nail to survive? And then when they're relegated, they've got to find a way to deal with it. Well, I feel like Norwich City did some of the former last season where they they do change managers. And this is where my memory is getting tested. So Daniel Farka, I think, starts as the manager mm-hmm. at the start of the season. And then it's Dean Smith that comes in so. for the second yep. half of the season. But he had a good chunk of the season and it wasn't like there was any there were any thoughts that they were going to do a Leeds United and sack him again and have a third manager in the season. And if you look at the North City team this season, and while I have I have to admit I haven't watched them a great deal this season, I believe it's much the same side as it was last year. So I do feel like Norwich kind of just accepted their fate quite early in the Premier League last last season. Maybe that was just because from memory, they got cut adrift quite early. And so there is that sort of hopelessness, that same sort of feeling that I had in the champ, the last time Sterling Albion were in the championship, where you just think it really doesn't matter what we're going to do. There is no way this team is good enough to stay in this division. I think North City had a bit of that last season. Uh, so we fortunately won't have to talk about uh, uh, Sterling getting relegated because obviously they're going to win again next season and then the season thereafter. And then they are... Uh, Scottish Premier League champions. They're going into the Champions League. Uh, Graham, that sound good to you? Does that work for you? We're going to Europe. There That's what go. I want out of this. Not that I'm getting carried away. How how excited would you be to be in like the Europa Conference? How pumped would you be for Sterling to be in there? <laughs> like massively pumped. I think any I think any Scottish team that isn't Celtic or Rangers, to be honest, would be massively pumped to be in that competition. So one one that has just won promotion from the bottom tier of the SPFL would be yes, extremely pumped. I've also done that in Football Manager. I've taken us up to the Europa Conference League. Is I think it's just the the Scottish Premiership is available in FIFA. So I don't think I don't know if we can take too yeah. many clubs too far. We're not that's, in FIFA, no. That's a, that's a, that's the drawback. That's the major drawback. I think Wrexham's still complaining about being in the rest of the world, but now they won't have to because they're promoted. And then maybe it will happen again. Maybe not. We'll be talking about Wrexham uh, getting relegated for now. Graham, anything else to discuss when it comes to the topic of relegation? Relegation sucks. Try not to do it if you can. Yeah, TLDR. I think, I think we've spent a lot of time talking about some of the potential positives and how clubs can handle it and how it can end up helping them. But really emphasizing, it just seems bleak. And I think the thing that you said that really registered would be the apathy. Just that feeling of helplessness, that feeling of like, whatever, I guess we're going down. It is what it is. Oh, we lost again? Awesome. I think that's the worst 
thing you can feel as a sports fan. You like anger, frustration, like you have to love a thing to be angry at it. In my experience, you have to care about a thing to be angry at it. And obviously you have to love a thing to love a thing, but to feel apathetic, to just feel like, ugh, whatever, that just means that you're so emotionally disconnected at that point. And that is, I think, the bleakest feeling I can think of when it comes to sports. So an entire season of that, I say no thank you. But it does help me explain why Graham Ruffin is the way he is. <laughs> yeah, you're getting some context here. This is my origin story. Apathy man. Uh, Graham Ruffin, you are nothing but positive these days because Sterling have gone up. But thank you for talking about uh, relegation and all that goes into it. Thank you, Taylor, Rock- Taylor Rockwell. Wait, well, wait until uh, next season when we're battling relegation and see how that changes my disposition. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you uh, for listening to this one. We very much appreciate it. Please check out all of the many episodes we have in the Soccer 101 back catalog. And for anybody you know who's getting into the sport or trying to learn more about it, please direct them our way because we've done some pretty basic explainers and then we've done some more in-depth ones and a combination thereof so check all those out give them a listen we do appreciate it we appreciate you joining us today and we'll talk to you again next week (laughs) 